And we are finally back for episode 10, the big one zero for the Bayou Dragons podcast. Per usual, me and Mitchell, and we have Matthew, the other, other member of the Bayou Dragons. He, uh, I think he was on episode four or five, maybe three. I can't read, so I don't know which one it was, but uh, glad he's back on. Figure we'd just uh, bullshit a little bit. It's been about a week and a half since we've done one, so... Yeah, we've y'all have been doing a bunch of shit. Uh, Matt had the Texas Trophy Hunters Expo he did last weekend. Porter's been traveling, and uh, I've just been at home working on the house and stuff. So this is the first time we've really been able to sit down and do an episode. Yep, and uh, figure we'd get into just each different little section. I was, this is our first big show to do as a Bayou Dragons, and I'm saying we, you know, as a group, but Matthew definitely held it down. He went out there, clutched it, him and my sister Keaton went and y'all did good i mean a yeah, ton of credit to keaton she towed the line for us big time yeah she i like her she's bossy so she um y'all did good though i mean y'all we made a profit which we're not really worried about money just more of getting our name out there exposure um you know yeah it was really really cool to get to meet some of you guys and i know that i had a, a few of y'all came by the booth and you know, let us know that y'all tuned into the podcast. Y'all followed us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. So it was really nice getting to meet you guys. If you were out there, you know who you are. We appreciate y'all stopping by. Uh, really fun experience and just adds a different aspect of, you know, something new for us that, you know, we haven't tapped into just being on social media kind of adds another dimension for us. So it was really a cool experience and just fun all around getting to network with everybody. Yeah, the networking's the big thing. And it seems you got you met some pretty cool people up there, and uh, looking forward to this hunting season. Honestly, we've there's a lot of people that have offered up a lot of you know cool hunts and hangouts and shit like that. Oh yeah, and it's like a it's like a mutual thing too. Like when we come out and we we do these things, and maybe somebody like I had a bunch of people that didn't know what we did, and it wasn't so much that they looked and saw that you know on social media things were kind of going bigger for us and you know they're growing a lot but you know we just kind of tell them the rundown on on what we have going on and you know kind of what we do on social media as far as like filming our experiences and our hunts and stuff like that and you know they're all about that especially the um you know guys who run these businesses and they hunt where it's veterans or, or disabled people and they're getting to do stuff like that where capturing the experience is like a, a big part of something that they want to add to you know what they've got going on so pretty cool man so basically we're we're doing this little deal with the texas trophy hunters extravaganza is what it's called and they did a houston event and they're also doing one in dallas and san Antonio. san Antonio, matthew yeah san antonio two weeks from now so we're gonna be uh, if everything works out we're gonna be at the dallas event coming up this next weekend me and matthew will be running the booth have a little help with us and uh i'm really looking forward to it i've never got to really do the full bone expo i've always had to work or whatever so i'm pumped well i'm pumped for you to go because uh the you're the face oh i mean the tiktok really every, the face, how many people hey, man, i'll tell you right now the there cameraman were, there were no people that asked about you nobody knew who you were <laughs> good I, I don't care no. if people know who i am or not i just want to go meet people uh promote our business and you know i know people like our shit when they man, see they it. were they were definitely asking about you guys um you know, I sadly, I had to tell him, hey, man, this is all you get. You get a little tease. You get Matthew for the weekend. And if you want to come to Dallas, man, we'll, I'll bring as many of the boys as I can. Yeah, I will. 
unfortunately not be there. I'll be also going on another trip. So the that's where I've been. We'll get back to talking about the expos and shit, but I just got back from a pretty cool trip. Me and 20 other guys that I've never met in my life flew up to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and played in a big golf tournament. And if you've never played there, it is beautiful. It what, was is, the, what was the name of the tournament? Uh, Besties with Testies. This was year number five, and what we do is uh, the majority of the money goes to testicular cancer research. So, And our shirts are fantastic. It's a bunch of old men, and their nuts are hanging out of their shirts, and they're swinging a golf club. It's like one like each year there's a new old man with his nuts hanging out, and for the nice. fifth year it had each logo just plattered across it. That's badass that, that y'all raise money for that, for testicular cancer. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a cool cause, and you get to have a great time, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, I slept like 12 hours in five days. I drank like seven gallons of vodka. I felt like shit, but had a fucking blast, and just it all goes to a good cause, so that's – that helps push you to be able to be like, okay. All the more reason to do it. All the more Power reason to do it. it. Yeah, and I think the Bayou Dragons will do something like that one day. I know. definitely want to do, and we've talked about putting on a golf tournament local here in southeast Texas. I think we'd have a great turnout, and we could, you know, raise money for a good yeah. good cause. Dude, you know? Do a percentage, I'll, too. I'll tell you the thing, going back to the expo deal, like getting a network with people, there are so many good causes out there that we could support that would provide great opportunities and help out a lot of people. So definitely something I'm excited about. Yeah, that's – it was neat. Like, I didn't even know about this. So Doug messaged me, like, in February. said, hey, trip. Like, and we went up early. We went to Missoula, Montana, played in there, then drove over to Coeur d'Alene. And uh, it was during uh, Celebrity Weekend. So there's, like, all these ex-MLB players and, and uh, NFL players and shit like that. And uh, I'm going to have to – I can't remember who it was. Uh, Padrea, who used to play second base for the Red Sox, he walked by and everybody was like, what's up, Padrea? And I was like, oh, wait, you're, you're the guy that played for the Yankees, right? I thought he was going to deck me. I was, I walked by and I said it and just kind of like did that, and he was like – I was like, hey, dude, chill the fuck out. But well, it, was, it was a blast. But uh, – and I told you all a little bit. I was in Missoula, Montana, and I think the dude's name's Lucas. I'm, I have the info on my phone, but Lucas, shout out to you if you're watching this. He uh, just random little hole in the wall bar up in Missoula, Montana. Cole walked up to the bar, ordering a beer. And he's like, "Dude, I fucking love the Bayou Dragons in fucking Montana." In Montana, Missoula, Montana. This, this dude, the bartender, goes, "I love the Bayou Dragons," and he's like, "Well, I know one of the owners right here," and he's like, "What? No way!" Yeah. I walked up, and he's, dude, I'm me, dude, shots, twisted tea, and I took full advantage of it. I would have done the same. That's the, that is what's nice. I, any bartenders that like us, just, we appreciate the free shit. Hey, very first person to walk up to the booth in Houston, before we open, all the exhibitors are in there setting up, uh, before they let anybody in, another exhibitor came by the booth, He's like, buy you dragons, man. Like, I see you guys on TikTok, Instagram. You guys are badass, man. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. He said, where are you from? And that's a question you have to answer a thousand times. Where are you from? Where are y'all from? I said, man, uh, and we're in Houston, right? So, Winnie, we're right down the road. I'm like, you know where Winnie's at? He's like, no, I'm from South Dakota. I was like, damn, and you know us? 
He's like, yeah, man, y'all shit's badass, dude. I was like, hell yeah, man. And so we got to talking, and, you know, he was the very first person to buy anything from us at the expo. Hell yeah. A couple hats. From South Dakota. Yeah, his name was Parker, man. He's a really cool guy. He had a booth down there. They were selling suppressors, do a lot of hunting, like varmints and coyotes and stuff like that. Cool dude, man. That's dope. And mainly, I think, the the Texas Trophy Hunters, it's a lot of big game, whitetail stuff, I would assume. There's a lot of whitetail mounts when I went and set up. Man, they – so – and there were some mixed feelings about this among, like, the exhibitors and stuff. But uh, supposedly, Texas Trophy Hunters just kind of, like, did a merge with, like, Safari Club. So there was all the whitetail and, like, the upland game and stuff like that. But also a lot of, like, safari-type places where they'll take you. You know, you go to, like, Africa and all that. Like, like I know Ty Weaver, he did a lot of the safari stuff, and he was out there promoting that. And well, yeah, I mean, they're just, like, all over the world, kind of, like, really big game hunting type stuff out there. But also, you can do that in Texas. I mean, shit, I bet I bet there's at least one vendor there. It's like, why go to Africa when you can go to Junction? Yeah, you got yeah. a high-fence ranch where you can shoot. Uh, you come to Junction and shoot you a fucking tiger on my ranch. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> something r- just ridiculous. Like, you want some Gimsbach? I got it. Come shoot a giraffe out of my backyard. Yeah, I'll put you up on the second story. You can stick your rifle right out the window. <laughs> you ever sleep with a zebra? <laughs> like, it's like, hell yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's crazy, though. And I, I did get, like, so in the networking thing, you know, you're an exhibitor. Uh, you'll show up to the booth in the morning. You'll have, like, cards on your table. People walking by saying, you know, they want you to check out their stuff. And you get, like, a pamphlet and – you know, it's somewhere that's, like, offering, man, the list is, like, just this long of all these different species you can hunt, and it's, like, in Angleton. It's, like, yeah. right down the road, just high yeah. fence with just, like, 35 different species. Well, there's a place right by uh, where y'all's house, so, I mean, I don't think we're allowed to hunt it, but I know there's some zebra <laughs> over there <laughs> off England Road. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she would appreciate it. No, she definitely wouldn't take kindly to that. She's one of the vets over there. Is uh, she really? Yeah. When, uh. Gus had an ear, ear infection. I had to bring her over. Then he's like, she's like, you you know where the zebras are in Hampshire? I'm like, well, yeah. There's only 200 people in Hampshire, Texas. You're the only one with zebras. So, But I was talking to Matt about, you know, the setup and everything, and he was like, man, the, you should see these other guys. You know, the, these other booths, they're, they're pretty badass. They got this, they got that. And I said, look, we're in the game, you know. This is our first fucking expo that we've done. You know, we had a decent, pretty decent setup for our first one, but just like anything else, it's going to get better over time. You know, once we learn the game, you know, uh, definitely going to need to get a box trailer for this kind of shit. And I know we've talked about getting one for future traveling up north hunting, but that'd be perfect for expos. But our shit, you know, it's going to keep getting better for the, and I want to continue to do these expos. You know, it's, I think it's pretty cool networking and, you know, get to meet new people in person. We're not going to be limited to Texas either, like by no means. Like, because we're next year we're doing the Minnesota, the uh, what is the Delta or not Delta, the yeah, one that no, Delta Delta's got one. Um, yeah, I think uh, after this year, like we kind of jumped the gun doing it like right now. Like we wanted to do something, kind of get our feet wet, so that for next year we can kind of be prepared. We can set like a a schedule of we're gonna hit this, this, and this, and we'll be able to make all those expos because we'll know in advance. You know, we're gonna schedule and, it out and hopefully more out of state. Yeah, I mean, because I know there's a lot of we, like, and honestly, and people listening on live on TikTok and shit like that, like we have probably more followers out of state than we do in Texas. Like that's where most of our haters are from, from Texas. So if I could go, if I could go to South Carolina and go do a, you know, an expo or some kind of festival or show or whatever that you know looks promising, then I would drive over there. 
No doubt, no doubt. I'm down to travel too. Oh yeah, I it's would. a it's a different feeling getting to talk to people that yeah, just like appreciate what we do, like in the content that we're putting out. They get enjoyment out of it. You know, they come in and they say, "Hey, man, we really like y'all's podcast. We like y'all's videos. Y'all keep doing what you're doing." It, it just kind of like it keeps that fire burning, you know. So well, it's nice meeting like-minded people. Yeah, good and people, and not not just like I mean. There's so because there's so many people that want to tell you, you know, I you should do it this way or that way, and it's just like when people come up and say, "Hey, man, keep doing what you're doing," that's nice. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, we get a lot of those messages, and we appreciate all of them. I try to answer all of them on Instagram. I know Mitchell replies to a bunch of them on TikTok, so yeah, we I always try I try to. Yeah, but yours is a lot bigger scale. What you're doing over there, three hundred. How many followers now on TikTok? Three ninety. Three ninety. Three ninety. That is. Slowly growing, man. The grind will continue. Yeah, if y'all want to take the load off of him, just hit me up on YouTube. I've got <laughs> yeah. my measly little four thousand subscribers over there. You're yeah. more than I think that's a big deal for YouTube. Time. That's a big deal for you. Our YouTube, I think, has strong potential. That shit you put out with the uh, the offshore trip with Ryan, that was a badass video, man. Man, I was really proud of it. It was so long. Yeah, I hated that, it, you know, the retention maybe wasn't there because it was like a 40-minute video. But I just hated to make it, like, cut it short. I had so much, like, good footage. I wanted to put all of that out there. And I know a lot of people that, you know, that are have been following us and, and they like this kind of lifestyle. I know they appreciated that. But then I know there's a lot of people that maybe just were, like, eh, just passing by and they're like, I'm not watching a 40-minute video, you know. But Yeah, I mean, I'm probably one of those people. Yeah, but we'll we'll create ways to kind of meet in the middle. Obviously, we want to see the channel grow, uh, but at the same time, we don't want to limit it, you know, for the wrong reasons. We want to continue to do good content and, but not you know, cut it short or or shave it in areas because you know we want to see, you know, more monetization or more growth that way. We want to put out good quality shit. Yeah, I think the only thing, and we're like, I mean, you're you're running the YouTube, you're doing a damn good job too but i think more of like vlogging in the middle of all those lulls yeah will help. Dude, that's, I think that's that was what, something that i like struggle with i feel like an idiot talking to the camera sometimes yeah, you do i mean and you're talking to a fucking uh electronic device you know like who the fuck am i talking to but I mean, we're literally day, doing that right now yeah, yeah I, know, but, but. I mean but like we're we're talking to each other right you, know, you have, stick your yeah. face you stick the camera in your face and you got you know, ten people around you, and they're all just staring at you. Like, well, Montana's gonna just, be Montana's gonna be a good, yeah, good deal. I'm but, gonna have Mitchell record the, me the whole time. So I think what's cool is I just got us some some mics for um for when we're doing our vlog style stuff, some wireless road mics. So we're gonna be mic'd up in the blind and shit. I think it's gonna be pretty cool. It's gonna bring a, another dynamic to what we're trying to put out. It's gonna be sweet. Yeah, I'm super pumped up about the mics. We've We've been just just trying to get the coolest shit. So whenever it becomes time for hunting season and fall bass fishing and all that, right now it's just such a it's a lull, man. It's so hard to do shit in Southeast Texas. Well, yeah. it's getting practice too. Like I, I took I did a video the other day where we went to the lake and fished and we didn't really catch nothing but dinks. But you know, like learning how to like run and gun so when the time's right and we're out there just mashing birds, we can get all the right footage. We can get all the good shit. So. You did good on that drone footage. Yeah, the, man, that, the, that was a. Oh, I was proud of that. I want you to be drone footing, footaging me while I'm just ripping some fall bass. Yeah, I'll do it, man. 
I'm still excited. I'm I'm ready to do that Andrew Upshaw deal. Yeah, I would like to get with him and, and pitch that to him. I think he'd be down. The Dragons versus professional angler Upshaw. I will take on Andrew. And if you're listening to this, Andrew, I will beat you. I think it'll be funny. <laughs> what are you throwing today, uh, Porter? Uh, just uh, Cinco Wacky. Yeah. You got Andrew with his all his electronics. Yeah. He's, He's over no electronics on Porter, just beating yeah, no. the shit out of the bank. Andrew's live scoping with like a whopper flopper <laughs> with, a, with a whopper popper and Porter's over there in a 14 foot John boat throwing Bortles base left and right. Throwing them by you dragon baits, baby. We got a, we're about to put up a bunch of new ones online. So I, I took them offline for Houston. Cause I didn't know how they were going to do, which you told me that our baits did very well in Houston. So I'm glad. Dude, the funny thing about it was it's, it's literally, it's like catching people. Like yeah. the baits will catch people. They'll walk by, they would come by the booth and they would see shirts, they'd see hats, and they'd be like, eh, you know, they'd go to the Gator Show. Well, like, they would get right to the end of the booth, and I had the TV right there above the bait table, and they would, like, kind of glance, and then they would, like, it was, like, setting the hook on them. They would whip it around, and they would turn around, they'd see all these baits, and they'd start leaning over the table and, like, just picking through them, and they'd be like, I like this one. This one has glitter. Oh, man, look at this color, you know? <laughs> and I, some of, the, like, the wildest colors, too, they were like, just you know, I mean, we we have all kinds of different colors and stuff, but they're like, yeah. you know, I will give I will give Bortles, Bortles is a part of the group, so all these baits are Bayou Dragon baits, but he did go above and beyond, just making some random ass colors. Oh, dude, every color on the spectrum, he he didn't miss a lick. I mean, it's like all everywhere. Yeah, we got like some gross looking colors, <laughs> some unique stuff for sure. Oh yeah. yeah, like anywhere from blood red to royal purple to. Doo-doo brown, you know what I'm saying? Dude, hey, if they, I mean, throw it. Why not? You never know. Yeah. Sometimes, I I mean, some of the best fish I've caught, I've literally just picked up a random-ass fucking color and threw it and caught a good fish. Rance May. Rance May is the epiphany of finding, he'll just be like, I'll do California 420? Bet. Hematoma? Bet. Crawfish dinner? Bet. You know? Yeah. Ex-wife divorce? Bet. I'll throw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, they were like, um... I was talking to people and I was telling them like, hey, you know, like the watermelons are, are a great color because like the wheat, that's like our go-to, I feel like. I feel like we throw a lot of watermelon, green, red, pumpkin, and then we had some of like the black and blue and yeah, June black bugs. and blues, June bugs and stuff like that. And somebody grabbed one and was like, dude, this is this is my go-to right here. And it was something I've <coughs> never even fished before. That it looked like, dude, we had a, that. looked like that. We like, had that. Gas station uh, vape. <laughs> Is what we called it. <laughs> That's the color gas yeah. station. Gas station. And now he was like, "Yeah, man, like this is my color. Like, uh, you ever thrown it?" I was like, "Man, I'll be honest. Um, Bortles made this bait, and I've never thrown anything like that in my entire life." He's like, "Dude, he's like, that's the one right there. That's I need to figure it out." We had fifty of them because nobody bought them, and he was like, "Dude, that's the one." And he didn't buy it. No, he bought it. Oh, okay. He good. was like, "No, he's like, yeah, he's like, you need to fish this." He bought the sweet beaver. Oh, he bought the sweet beef. Okay. Like drop a bunch of grass mat with this bad boy. One ounce tungsten. Give it a couple of jigs. If it don't hit, reel it in. One ounce tungsten. Flip we already again. talked about that. <laughs> yeah. every, every time I think of one ounce tungsten, I've already said this on the podcast, but you popping leech right in the forehead. <laughs> right in the forehead. But, uh, man, so Dallas this weekend, that's a big deal. Let's – so, Mitchell – you're about to be moved into your first house, man. Yep. So How do you feel about that? I finally get out of Mid County here in a couple of weeks. Trash uh, County. 
yeah, I, I moved in with my wife now in a rent house in Mid-County. It's close to work. It was it was the right move at the time. So I'm building a house right now. I should be moving in a couple of weeks. And, man, to be honest, um, the couple of years that I lived in Port Natchez, Texas, it was terrible. The, the area is awful. Uh, people, for a hobby, they'll just ride around and throw trash in your yard. Terrible place to live. I uh, wouldn't recommend it to anybody uh, if you're tuning in to this. Terrible area. Don't care for it at all. I get to move back to Hampshire where I grew up. I'm very excited. House is going <laughs> soon. And uh, that's my honest opinion, man. I hate, I do not like the area. If anybody's uh, listening from Port Natchez or Mid-County alike, I'll, uh, I'll post the uh, Mitchell and Porter's address in the uh, description on the YouTube video if you want to come through and uh, distribute hands. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'd rather I'd rather hands than you come and throw trash in my yard. For no, like, fun. or just drive right into your front door, like happened to me. Oh yeah, dude, a girl literally drove into my front porch. People, I mean, it, it's something new every day. It, sometimes it's cans, diapers. I mean, it don't cars. It, just yeah, people. cars. I mean, crackheads. They enjoy doing that out there. I don't know if they uh, all get together in a little group and say, "All right, we're hitting this area today. We're throwing a little <laughs> trash here." A little, you know, that's what they do out there. So uh, I'm not gonna miss that at all. Well, I'm glad, man. So you're coming back home. Me and Mitch and Matt, we've all grew up together and lived literally like three miles from each other all our lives. And then Mitchell went to Trash Natchez. I'm glad he did, too, because we were talking the other day about how much y'all used to bully me. Yeah. And now, Mitchell, I had to get some distance from him. And now I've been able to grow into my own and do my own thing. And Mitchell's been over there in his own little world in Port Natchez. You know, he just said he loves it over there. So I've been able to <laughs> kind of grow and breathe a little bit and get what? my roots what birthday? Hampshire. What birthday was it that you went to Golden Corral? Oh God! Go ahead, bring it up. I don't care. <laughs> no, it's I, not, I don't care if you <laughs> care or not. We went. It was my fifteenth birthday, fourteen or fifteen, something like that. My mom and dad asked me. They said, "Hey, happy birthday, Matthew. We're gonna take you out to dinner. You pick wherever you want to go." I said, "All right, let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings as a family." Get halfway to town, and Mitchell just goes, "Ah, let's go to Golden Corral. Golden <laughs> Corral sounds good." And my, my parents were like, yeah, it does sound good. I was like, what is my birthday? No, we're going to Buffalo Wild Wings. They were like, nah, Golden Corral. I can the Golden Corral. To go to Golden Corral. It was a uh, better selection at the time. Trash. And absolute garbage. As they're going, <laughs> Mitchell's sitting behind Matthew in the car going, <laughs> just teasing, man. Oh, it used to drive me nuts. That's what you get. That's what That's brotherly, brotherly bullshit right there. I have a lot Good of brotherly, brotherly bullshit love. with little Matthew. <laughs> Dude, what was great was I'd always get drugged into it, and you or Luke would just be like, lie. <laughs> and that was it. Like, I just had to lie to your parents. Don't tell our parents. Don't tell our parents that we're just, like, fucking with Matthew so hard. Always, man. Hey, so I got a, I got, I had something interesting happen to me this morning. I didn't, I don't think I told you guys about it. I'm going to, um, so coming in from Houston uh, last night, we went back to the shop. We did our orders. We got home. What? What? I think I got home at like 10, 30, 10 o'clock, something like that. It's kind of late. <clears throat> so I'm beat. I've been in Houston all weekend doing this expo. Take a shower, get in bed. I woke up this morning already late to work. So I was like, whatever. Rolled out of bed. Take my dog outside in the back. And, um, you know, he's running around. I'm just kind of standing on the porch. I'm kind of out of it. And then my uncle pulls up in his buggy. And he's like, he just rolls up. What the hell is he doing here? Leon? No, Jay. He's like, oh. pulls up to my gate. Hey, where's your horse at, man? And I was like, oh, fuck. I was looked up. 
pasture's empty. I got a fence right behind my house with a barn pasture for my horse. Gone. Nothing's in there. I turn and look up, and those fucking horses are running through the pasture, and Jay's on the buggy trying to corral them, and he's like, come on, get in. I'm late for work already, and I just I didn't have time to, like, call in and be like, hey, I'm going to be late. My horses got out. So apparently somebody left a gate open at his house. All of his horses got out, got down McCall Road, and they came over, like, right across the pasture. And you can see it's, like, right there. And he just watches those horses all day long. He's over here by himself. Jay's got, like, four horses. And they came out, and he just jumped right through the fence, busted the wire, busted the H brace, everything, just plowed right through it and was out. And they were just running around Hampshire all morning. And we had to go and corral them back. And I left them at Jay's house, and he was like, what are you going to do about your fence? <laughs> I was like, I don't fucking know, dude. I got to go to work. Like, just put them in a stall. We'll deal with it later. It was a nightmare. I get to work. They're like, my boss, his name's Mike. He's like, well, Matt, uh, why were you late this morning? And I just started in this new position. I felt like such an ass. I was like, Mike, my horse got out. It's a shit morning. He's like, oh, I hear you. Used to to be late to high school. My cows would get out. And I was like, all right, so you understand. It was just all around shit. I had to go back home and doctor up my horse after work. It was a nightmare. You know what that did, though? <clears throat> that built your character dude so me and chase went out last Wait. night and uh shot pool at uh one of the bars in may county and uh we were like well you know we'll we'll play some teams you know so there's a couple guys in there playing pool and uh there's a group of uh these dudes they're from out of town scaffold builders they were here working and um anyway i looked at chase i was like oh dude we got this you know these guys ain't nothing so this dude literally, it was hilarious, man. He broke. He 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 did not take a break. He literally hit every single ball, like every shot. He made a ball, and literally we had all of our balls left on the table when he was done. Glad I didn't have no money on the game. Pool shark. That, yeah, he was dude, a shark, so, man. So them scaffold builders, man. <laughs> Don't fuck with the scaffold builder. What do you, what do, you do when you're out of town as a scaffold builder? You go to the bar. Exactly. Do you and go you to the bar? Do you go to the strip club? Yeah, you go to the bar. You play people, you hustle them for their money, and, and then, then you, you take, take it that to money. the strip club. Take, so they went to Temptations they with went, all your money yeah. afterwards. They took your money, and they got to see a College oh. Street Highway 90 little titty. Yeah, <laughs> little yeah titty. Basically, I guess all they do in their spare time when they're out of town working is play pool because that dude, he was, he was damn good. Shout out to the random guy that kicked Mitchell's ass in <laughs> pool yesterday. If you... <laughs> If you're watching this, if you're watching this, good on you. Send a photo documentation on Instagram. If I can verify it to you, I will give you a free shirt and hat for with just the, whooping Mitchell's ass. With ease. With ease. <laughs> with ease. I'll give it to you and not challenge you in pool. Ping pong, maybe. I'll play you for it. Don't. Oh, Matt, tell it. Keaton was telling me a little bit of the story about your mustache. Oh, my gosh. Dude, we're in the booth. So, of all the things that people would come up and say to you at this expo, like I was telling Mitch earlier, every idea that you have of of what it's going to be like, you kind of got to just, like, readjust and, like, just throw it all out. You get there, and it's nothing like you thought it would be. People are coming up. Come on. People are coming up to the booth, and the the main thing people ask, where y'all from? What do y'all do? Obviously. So, you know, we talked to them about that. This woman comes up, and she's looking at, hey, where are y'all from? What do y'all do? And I tell her all this stuff, and then she's like, I love your mustache. I was like, hey, thanks. She's like, is it real? <laughs> I 
I was like, yeah. She's just been like, no. Ripped it off. <laughs> I don't know. What, what kind of question is that? Who has a fake, mu- who just wears a fake mustache? I don't know, but it was hilarious. Like, I, she walked off and I looked at Keaton. I was like, why would someone ask that? I hate, I'm never put in those situations because I would love, <laughs> if someone would have been like, is that a fake mustache? Yes. It is. Yeah. It's like, can you prove it? No. I'll forever keep it a secret. I don't know why. What would possess somebody to ever, ask if you? If you ever saw somebody with a mustache, did you ever think to yourself, is that real? That's fucking great. I, don't I know, will tell hilarious. you this. Um, me and Porter currently sharing a spittoon. I, I really don't think you're truly uh, friends with somebody unless you've shared a spittoon with them. Yeah, but y'all already both have uh, rabies, right? Uh, no, um, trench mouth. Trench mouth is what Yeah, we got that. <laughs> we got that marshmallow. Share that marshmallow, baby. Dude, that doesn't bother that, dude. That is the probably the probably the most sanitized thing I put in my mouth in the last week. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> Your mouth. Thank you, Matthew. K e i n g s. Kings. So Matthew met a guy at this Houston uh, Trophy Hunters Expo. And his name was Kings. No, man, he was a young man named Michael Robin, and his business that he ran was Kings. So I saw some of the stuff he had out there, had to bring some of that back for the boys, man. Yeah, like this dude don't even sponsor us, but I'm just going to give him a shout-out because this shit is clean as hell. Yeah, hell The yeah. threads are fire. Also, give a shout-out to Snuff Cup. We love this dude. Good quality spittoon. You pop it open, you can close it, I'm weak, open it up. You need to hit the gym. I need to hit the gym. Put your... It's a terrible uh, I'm drunk. demonstration. <laughs> it is. But, <laughs> hey, man, I've had a little bit too much Buffalo Trace. Put your can in there. It's machine washable. Hey, good quality spittoon. Also, like always... Shout out to Floyd Fabrication. He does all our hats. This hat's fresh on the website. He did our little uh, can- canvas banner thing behind us. That dude, any any hat, any shirt, any sign you need done, he can do it. Much more work to come from Mr. Floyd. Yeah, Floyd Fabrication is, he's the dude. He started doing raps, and we have a lot of stuff in the works with him. We're going to have him down to visit, too. Um this hunting season, he really wants to come down, make a hunt with us, hang out. And he's got a bunch of shit he wants to give me for uh, baby shit. He's offered to give me. I'm very grateful for that. So I'm going to take whatever I can get. You know, whoever gives me clothes and shit for babies, I mean, shit, I'll take it, man. That's where people mess up. Like a normal person, like when someone offers something, they'll be like, oh, man, I appreciate it, you know, but never utilize it or take it up. Never, if you don't really want to give me something, never offer it to me because I will take it and I will utilize every ounce that you have. So if you you say, hey, you want to go shoot this whitetail on my high fence ranch? I will be there in November and I'll show up with a case of Lone Star Light. Shout out Lone Star Light. And I will shoot whatever you let me, allow me to. I, I hope to harvest a deer this year. I need to um, get some meat for the freezer. I didn't get one last year, but I'm hoping. I, I mean, I should be able to get a doe this year from um, my wife's cousin's. got a ranch up north. He's going to let me, I think, come shoot a doe or something. Yeah, yeah. I had somebody reach out to me the other day about 
getting together and doing some hunting and um he's from Virginia. His name's escaping me right now, but his name's escaping me right now? No, that's not his actual name, but <laughs> no, as uh I was asking what kind of you know, what the hunting was like up there and um he said it was an excellent whitetail hunting and I would really like to get up there and, and just harvest something for meat. Virginia for the meat. Uh, West Virginia. I, I West Virginia. Mountain Mama. Yeah, take me home. Country road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to get out of hand this episode. <laughs> I can just feel it in my plums. But uh, so Dallas this weekend. So we've heard from everybody. And if you're from Dallas and listen to this podcast or tune into this podcast, and we heard that's like the that is the mecca for the Texas Trophy Hunters. There's a lot of people that go there. A lot. And I'm super excited to hear from y'all too, like how much, like how many people are there. Man, and if you're tuning into this podcast and you're in the area, I've under, from what I understand, Texas Trophy Hunters is not a big waterfowl gig. I know that that's a lot of the content that we bring to the table. We're big waterfowl hunters. Come out and see us. We'd really love to make a showing of it. And... I've heard that trophy hunters used to have a lot of like waterfowl exhibitors and that over the past couple of years, it's kind of died down for, you know, guys that come out and, and do waterfowl. So I'd really like to see, you know, if anybody's out there listening and they're in the area, come out and see us and you know, kind of make a good, uh, good showing out there. Well, I think a lot of people appreciate it. Like we said, bat, like we have baits, bass fishing baits or trout fishing baits and, that's something they go to these expos not expecting to see. Yeah. So we're bringing some new shit to the table. Dude, and that was a ton of people that would walk by and say, like, uh, oh, there's the Bates. Oh, wait. Oh. That's him. That's the guy. I, dude, I like 90% of people would walk by, and they'd look at it, and they'd go, Bayou Dragon. <laughs> what these guys are doing. What is that? What's a Bayou Dragon? I'm like, man, just take a second and think about it. What, so the way you were just doing that voice, they had to definitely be over the age of fifty-five. Man, I had a, a fellow. <clears throat> I had a fellow that came up to the booth. He was, I would say, well into his sixties, probably late sixties, and he walked up and why are you dragging? <laughs> <laughs> he looked at it and he, you know, he started asking, "What are y'all from? What do y'all do? What's this about?" All right, give me a, give me two of those and a large, two of those and an XL, and that like. It's just like you share you share the idea and and what we've got going on behind it and you know it's it's an interesting thing it really is and it's it's appealing you know we this is our lifestyle and I, I think I think a lot of people um, you know there's, there's a market for what we do on a daily basis people like that man and you know I told him check us out and he said man I'll definitely be following y'all he's a 65 year old man he had tattoos from his wrist all the way up onto it like from his ears down like just crazy looking dude from like um, there's people from all walks of life coming by get and the man off the bike <laughs> this, i don't know about that he looked like he could he could ride a bike for sure he probably not, rode a bike there not a joe biden type but no he was cool as shit complete like looked like a, a completely different you know type of guy you know not not like you know just different like not Doing his own thing, not necessarily, you know, like us. Maybe you wouldn't look at this guy and think he's an outdoorsman. All about it. He likes our Loved shit, it, though. Man. Liked our shit, man. That's what we, so. we're trying to do. This is 
handmade shit we're talking. This is handmade quality shit we're talking here. <laughs> and if uh, anyone asks why I wear these glasses, because hook and bullet, which these are, they make you see better. Like, honestly, when you put these on, you can see in the future. And that's a claim that I will stand behind. And if anyone thinks I'm a liar, then just go ahead and buy you a couple of pairs. Hook and bullet glasses. Yeah, I think they're going to be the next big sunglass brand. Oh, dude. I mean, Costas ain't going to be able to hold their uh, their freaking jockey strap. Right? What I really liked about them is whenever we were on the boat and we we're looking at the electronics, I didn't have to like do this to be able to see it. I could just look right at it. Yeah. Polarized lenses, a lot of times you go and look at your electronics, whether it's your phone, you know, your sonars, all that other shit. You can't see it. It just, the screens are just black. Well, you're doing one of these. Yeah, you got to, you got to pull them down or you got to kind of look at them like this. Hooking bullets made for that. Speaking of jockey straps, um, (laughs) (laughs) did y'all wear, um, in high school, we had a pair of jock straps we wore. uh, It's called the Duke. Did y'all wear those in Anahuac? Yeah. The so, assless chap ones? The assless chap. And man. I've no. honestly got online and researched. I might buy me a couple pair of the Dukes just to, for casual wear. They are they were very comfortable. It felt, you there's felt very no, secured There's them. no way you're being serious. No, nah, right dude, now. they were super comfortable, man. It felt dude. secure. I mean, I mean, no, I felt like I was exposed to everything when I wore the Duke. Man, I had a couple of pairs, actually. And you know, since you're my older brother, they were hand-me-downs. They were a little short in the crotch. <laughs> I don't know if that's due uh, to your casual use or not, but they were... <laughs> They were a little bit tight on me, I felt like. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd like to get some just for a uh, good the Duke and Mesh combo type of thing, you know, just walking around the house. Not like public wearing or anything, but just chilling around the house. I think I'm buying me a couple. Yeah, there is no. I come into your house and you're wearing the Dukes on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> Dude, if you're going to wear the Dukes, you got to go full-blown Duke and just only Duke. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I like, agree. sit on your couch, your brand-new couch that you bought in the Dukes, and just... Just embrace it. Oh my Let the gosh. leather just get that hiney, boy. Oh, my gosh. Every bit of the cheeks, man. Yeah, I'm going to uh, definitely get online and buy me a couple pair of the Duke um, jockeys. Very comfortable wear, and, you know, you just feel good wearing them. Anyway, so the Dukes. That was a very random, and I appreciated that. Well, you said jockey strap made me think of the Dukes. I remember wearing the Dukes no. going through school, so, and I was like, man, you know, I ought to look online and, and see no, if I get so, a pair. Ask Chad Carter. He might have some pairs that you can wear. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, we uh, we did not wear the Dukes in um, Anahuac. We wore boxer briefs or nothing, you know. I went, you know what kind of school I went to, so – the Dukes wouldn't work there. Mitchell's, but, but Mitchell's the type of guy. You're going to see him in the gym one day. He's going to be wearing his fucking zip-up tracksuit from when we were in high school because he stole it from uh, the athletic department. <laughs> I really you wish know, he I just, still had that. He's uh, a, he's a definitely badass. type of reminisce guy. You know, I, I remember all the stuff he brought home. After he had, was two years out of high school, we still had football cleats. We had track suits. I, I had multiple pairs of the Dukes in my closet. Because Mitchell would just take everything from the athletic department. So, do, do you hang the Dukes up on a uh, clothes hanger? Uh, it depends on what kind of day you were having, the I guess. The Dukes have a special uh, container they're stored in. If you <laughs> if you have the Dukes, they don't go in the in the closet. They don't go in the dresser. They got their own storage area. Oh, good. Special nice. casing. I, I was unaware, and I'm glad I'm aware now. This might help some people out. They're wanting some nice, supportive underwear. Get the Dukes. Oh, 
Jesus Christ. I hope Dukes reaches out. And they're like, <laughs> Dukes is going to say, we need the dragons yeah. and Dukes tomorrow. Bayou Dragon Dukes. <laughs> Comfort. Collectability. I mean, the name says it all. The Duke, man. It's the Duke, man. <laughs> Jesus Gosh. Christ. I lost my train of thought on the Dukes, but... Oh, man, I'm still stuffed from that beautiful dinner that I always prepare before this podcast. And that's why a lot of the time I'm like, Porter, let's do a podcast because I know we're going to come over here and eat good. Porter prepared um, some yellowfin tuna. He he sears them, and they're outstanding. The way he cooks them uh, with a side of Brussels sprout and rice, and he heats up a little soy sauce with it. He's got a little concoction he puts together. It's it's incredible. You're going to come to Porter's house. I did this today. We came over. I brought the tuna with me. Now, this was courtesy of him for allowing me to get on the boat. And You're welcome. So I bring home some tuna and come over to Porter's house with it. And I told him, I was like, hey, man, you don't have to make me a plate. Like, I'll make my own plate. He's like, no, I'm going to make you a plate. And you're not going to say shit about it because it's my house. I said, okay. He presents me this bread. I mean, the rice with the tuna on top makes a little design with the sriracha sauce. Oh mm. my gosh! Mm, if you've never had, bitch. if you've never had seared tuna or even raw tuna, like fresh out of the ocean, I'm telling you, I went out there, I did that, done it one time, and the one time I did it, I got home and I was reevaluating my entire life. I was like, what have I been doing wrong? This whole time. Yeah, you. so until you've experienced something like that, like you catch something from a thousand foot deep and then eat it straight out of the ocean, you feel like you've been sinning your whole life. It's wrong. Because it's so clean. It cleanses your soul, mm-hmm. your palate. You don't have to ask for forgiveness. Just eat some yellowfin tuna. And mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't understand when they, you know, go, they go to the ocean, they go to the beach, you go offshore fishing, that salt water is really good for your skin. <laughs> That salt water is good for your skin, man. I say it to everybody. You get in that water, if you got a little, you know, it'll clear you up, man. It's good for your skin. That was the ongoing joke. The whole time me and Matt, we're on a boat for like 72 hours, this fishing. And every time we, one of us had a chance, we'd look at each other like, do you know this salt water is good for your skin, though? It's good for your skin. Well, Matt came down to the beach when I was staying there for a few days, and we'd go uh, swimming in the evenings. I was like, man, I love getting in this ocean. It's just good for your skin. Salt water's good for your skin. He said it 10 times a day for three days in a row, and then we get on the boat, and I looked at Porter, and I said, hey, man, you know this salt water is uh, it's good for your skin. And I've said it. He had heard it a thousand times from Mitchell prior to that. I've said it. Every time I come off, like, those boats, you feel exfoliated. And not just from, like, the salt water and the salt just being on you, but... I mean, you're taking showers. If if you if you have the luxury of being on a boat like we do, you take showers and that filtered water like that turns that salt water into fresh, but it just cleanses your skin. And I'll tell you, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm one thing clean. I'm, I'm extremely grateful for with the the des- whoever designed the Viking yacht. Thank you so much for padding the walls because I was walking down the hallway where we were doing like thirty knots going out 150 miles, and I was just getting my ass kicked, bumping up against the walls, slamming my head. I was like, I would have I would have probably came off of that boat and not had any motor function if that walls hadn't been padded. <laughs> hardwood. Just dude. hardwood, dude. I would have I would have been bleeding out of my ears. It was so bad. I loved it so much. So, I mean, amazing. I'm, I'm definitely not no expert. I'm not no Warhola. I'm not, but I've been off, you know, a lot for years now, and... I love taking people, like taking you, 
and taking Matt. And Matt's never been offshore. So bringing Matt, you know, when I'm saying this dude didn't have a sea legs, it's like, like, so have you ever seen the videos of like the giraffe whenever they have <laughs> baby a baby? When they're born? <laughs> it falls down like eight foot, hits the ground, and then tries to stand like up. Wavering. They're <laughs> quivering. Matthew's like trying to film, and he's like, it's, it's hard as shit to film offshore, dude. Dude, it was. But you know what I found on, on that back deck? When you get out on the deck, it's extremely friendly because you can catch this angle. I had three different angles of, you know, bringing in that marlin. And I thought, like, I thought to myself, like, in other aspects, like, when we're trying to film hunts in the marsh, that's extremely hard to do because everything's wet. You got to cover up to the fucking max. And, like... Going offshore, doing that, like you're out on a boat, you can cover all angles on the deck. Like it was, it was so much easier to do. Had I not been trying to keep my legs underneath me, I would have probably gotten much better footage. It I was also, about to fall down at every point during the day. It doesn't help that we drink the whole time. I got on the boat. It was five thirty, five twenty-five in the morning. I crack open a Lone Star Light. It's like you got to man. Well, five twenty-six, if I recall. It was on your YouTube video. If you haven't watched that. Matt did a pretty good little YouTube video on that deal, and I think the first scene is me cracking a beer, and it's pitch black outside, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, this guy has a problem. No, you got that's a good problem to have, being on a boat drinking a beer at 5 in the morning. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't complain. I, I love that. that, that my complaining. I love that my problems are being on a boat or just going out of town or state or country or whatever. Good. Those are all good problems to have. Follow me on TikTok. Snapchat, you can live vicariously through me. Follow uh, Porter's got an OnlyFans, actually. Yeah, so I started OnlyFans. It's just, but it's just me doing stuff, and um, it's only like Porter. Six. Porter invites woman over and has quality conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we we actually read Harry Potter to each other, but um, man, this Buffalo Trace is fantastic. If you've never had it. We're not a sponsor by them either. By the way, Buffalo Trace, if you want to sponsor us, I will take it. That shit is fantastic. But what was uh, it that you brought to um, to my wedding? It was old, uh, old four, old, old Forester. Forester? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you left, you left a bottle of like an almost full bottle of Old Forester. Yeah, that house. was for really, you. Really enjoyed that. That man. was for you. It was probably either the Prohibition or it was the uh, bottled and bond. I think it was bottled and bond like nineteen ten or something like that or nineteen. It was. It was. It was nineteen ten. Yeah. So nineteen thirty one or the other. But yeah, it had the the year on the label. Fantastic, Very good, man. Very fantastic good. bourbon. And I appreciate that you appreciated it. Yeah, I did. I left it. I have like a little spread where I've got my whiskeys and my bourbons and all. Nice. Right there on the countertop, nice. man. I uh, I enjoyed it. I just finished it off the other day. Good. That stuff actually will cleanse your soul too. All we do is cleanse our souls with anything we do. How about a, how about a good Dunkaroo to cleanse you? Oh, dude, it, it de- describe to the people what a Dunkaroo is. So they, they don't know what one. They is. told me when we were out there marlin fishing, we weren't. You know, we went through the first day. We trolled, no bites, and then uh, day two we're out there, and they're like, "Man, it's you know midday. We're starting to get." Well, something's got to change. We got to mix it up a little bit. And they're like, "It's time for some Dunkaroos." And they looked. They as soon as they said that, they looked right at me. First time on a boat, and they're like, "I'm like, all right, what? I, shit, I'm about to get wet, you know?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they filled up a a five gallon bucket full of ice and then salt water, 
Okay, no, it wasn't just ice. It was it the was ice from bloody the... bloody ice from the cooler where we had tuna in there. There was blood all in the ice, man. And they filled it up, and they were like, all right, you got to dunk your head in this icy salt water and hold it down for at least... And they were like, all right, it's your first time. Five seconds for you. Five Mississippi. Oh, and I wasn't about to, I wasn't about to punk out. I was going to go for 10, you know? They were like, all right, five seconds, and then when you come up immediately... They shove a beer in your face, and you got a shotgun of cold beer right then and there. Dude, I sho- I plunged my head into this ice water, and it was just – it was a saltwater baptism. <laughs> immediately, <laughs> immediately, everything was just extremely sharpened, and I came out of the water, and I was like, where am I? <laughs> yeah. They just were like, here. It was a Lone Star, and I just chugged it as fast as I could. Porter came out of the water after his, and he was completely void of motor function. <laughs> They so stuck up beer in his face, and he was just like, Because ah, ah. well, Matt did a solid five, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to let this guy that's never been on a boat outdo me. Oh, So at, at, like, between eight and nine Mississippi, I finally came up, and I was like, oh, no. He was, like, quivering. He was like, ah. My face looked like this right here. Just If you're watching this, this white. white. Got no blood in my head. And I tried shotgunning that beer, and it was just a failed attempt. When you st- when you well, when you plunged your face into the ice, it all like it went into every orifice that Porter had. It was like in his ears, it was in his nose, and when mm. he came out, it was all stuck in there. And he had brain freeze, and he was like, <laughs> he couldn't even move. He was, was just like, like, like Scoob, like Scoob. <laughs> so they call that a Dunkaroo, huh? Yeah, dunkaroo. the Dunkaroo man, the Dunkaroo. We didn't have to Dunkaroo with Mitch because oh, it was right off the rip. We. <laughs> Caught a 600-pound marlin just... Dude, you know what? Hour okay, one. So, we... I'm not going to... I'm not going to put too much information out there out of respect for the people that we were fishing with, but um, there was a person out there that <clears throat> had been sighting these marlins that we were in the area of fishing, and the marlin that we caught, supposedly... Now, I don't know if this is 100% accurate or not, right? but the guy had been seeing these marlin day in and day out doing the same things, you know, coming up and feeding at the same time. And <clears throat> two weeks after we came off the boat, there was a tournament that somebody had come out there to fish, and they pulled that marlin and actually, you know, brought it in. Gaffed Kill it. fish, gaffed yeah. it, and uh, weighed it in. And so, like, I thought it was so crazy that these guys could look at this fish and be like, oh, that's a 500-pound marlin. I'm like, how would you know? Like and we, it was. We, yeah, I, I know. I was like, how would you know? Like, we, we got him up to the boat, but they, you know, they popped a leader on him and we released him. Yeah. And this guy came back and said, you know, like, hey, I've been watching this marlin every single day, and these guys came out here and caught it, and now I see this other fish, this other blue marlin that I've been watching. He's, he's doing the same thing every day, and now this fish is gone. And he posted the photos of them weighing it in, and it was for like four ninety seven. Four nine, yeah, it they was like three three pound. three pound difference in what they were able to just see off the back of the boat. Well, they do it done so, it much, so much. Man. Yeah, they've done it so much, and they they know what the fuck they're doing. They know what yeah. they're looking at. They see the fish. They're like, okay, I've caught one. You know, they've caught many in different ranges. I, I'm assuming that's the same thing with us catching bass. That, you know, right? But yeah. We see we pull a fish up. Okay, you know, that's a three pounder, four pounder. Yeah. You know, we don't yeah. have to weigh it. That's an eight pounder. The um. Oh, if they're over five, I'm putting but them on. But what that which, so that story you just told reassured me with the whole. Uh, grab me a beer, Matthew. Yeah, Thank for you. Sure. Um, it reassured me with the whole like they were literally three. The story Matthew's telling is true with this guy. He was just, he was stationed out there offshore, so he's seeing the same fish that we did catch. We were three pounds off of what we said five hundred pounds. 
when me and Mitch went, we had one that. That one was what, giant. Well, a grander. It, it was close to a thousand pounds, which would have been like we were close to having the state record on. But like you said, if it would have been three pounds less and you ended up killing this beautiful creature, then you would feel like a giant pile yeah. of shit. Right. So it's That's, just like, it's like, man, the only way you know is if you weigh it. That's well, what we get crazy to me, like going back and looking at my footage, that 500-pound marlin, the videos didn't do it justice. But I go back and look at these fish that y'all caught, and it was like, holy shit, these things were yeah. huge. No, that, that one. Dwarfed a 500-pound marlin. That, that, that marlin we had on, and uh, what's his name? Which one? Which, which the hand. The hand. Oh, uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah goes, that's the biggest marlin I've ever seen. Like, and he's fished in Australia. He's fishing Hawaii. He's fished Texas. He's fished East Coast, West Coast. Like, and he's like, that one's close to a thousand pounds. Yeah, for him to say that, it's just like, okay, it's yeah, like this is a big son of a bitch. And everybody was just like, ready. Well, they they contemplated gaffing it and putting it in the boat, but then, like y'all said, I mean, if it would have been one pound off, you would feel like shit. Like if, if you're one pound off from the state record, or you know whatever for blue marlin, it's like. We just did that for nothing. We just killed this beautiful creature for nothing. Dude, and that was something that, like, on YouTube, when I put that video out, there were, like, there were people that were like, oh, you know, y'all didn't even land the fish. And I was like, dude, no. I get it. I didn't understand it either because I've never blew marlin. I've never marlin fished before. I've never even been offshore. But, you know, having having been through that experience, like, dude, even the, the fish was never landed, right, out of respect for saying, look, this is a 500-pound fish. Well, We're not going to kill it and take it out of this environment. So, you know, we want it to, to be pe- back out there and thrive. People that don't land fish, like land, mar- it, it is landed once you lead her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, again, that was something that, like, I didn't understand as never being somebody who's been offshore before. So they explained it to me. But even, even before that, like, dude, just, like, the whole fight, getting that fish up to the boat, being able to look like it's right there, dude, that was freaking electric. Yeah, it was electric, dude. Nah, like, I, and I can't, like, as much as I can film and do all this stuff, I can't, I can't give you that feeling. No, it's, it'll make your TTR for sure. No, that's, <laughs> like, I've, I've now, I've seen, you know, close to one thousand pound marlin at the end of my line. I've seen shy less than a half ounce ten pound bass, you know, landed in my boat. Well, Mitchell's like, seen them in and out of the boat. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I believe I've told that story. He's already told that story. I'm not going to ask you. To tell if it you again. want to talk about that story, I think it's nah, episode I think, two. I think we'll leave it episode two. I, I think it's episode two, maybe one when Mitchell did that. So, and we appreciate everybody that's been tuning into this, and we've been getting a lot of requests, and we've just been busy. I like I want us to be doing this at least twice a week for yeah. sure. It just right now summertime hunting hunting season we're going to be literally together the whole time so it'll be we might do two three a week yeah and i'm gonna and it might just be shit like this just bullshitting talking about our hunt that day talking about what we got going on you know yeah we're gonna have um we're gonna be moving locations for the podcast too and i get the house built and uh finish have a little studio in there so we're gonna have a little change of scenery and everything's you know gonna keep improving oh yeah, yeah and hopefully um hopefully we can be you know, it may not be exactly like the podcast, but we'll be mic'd up in the blind this year. Yeah. Be able to bring a new aspect of, you know, our content, you know, where we're 
sitting in the blind, you get the experience with us where we're out there hunting and doing our thing, and, you know, you get the audio, too, where we're sitting there bullshitting. Dude, I'm so ready to be mic'd up like Ray Lewis, just getting crunk as hell. <laughs> a ball of blueing till come in. Just, Everybody get ready! Dude, I'm going to definitely have to cut. I'm going to have to razor the audio right there and drop it down because we're going to be sitting here talking, and then it's just going to be deafening. You're getting pretty close to time. Yeah, we can do that. Whatever. I'm good. Honestly, me, I can sit here for another three hours, but thank you to everybody that's been, all our, I say sponsors, everybody that's been, you know, hooking us up between Ben Floyd, Snuff Cup, um, Hook and Bullet. Y'all are all amazing. Thank you, everybody that's been watching the podcast and following our TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. If you haven't, you know, I hate to be that some bitch that's like, like and subscribe, but I mean it helps us. But like to, and subscribe, uh, it we helps appreciate us. the support. Hey, we really do. Thank y'all for being here for us, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and then if you're in Dallas this coming up weekend, do we know the days? Yeah, exactly. it's going to be the twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth. Twelfth in Dallas, Texas, at the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. I forget the name of the venue, but it's a big event center downtown Dallas. Mitchell and I'll be there. Y'all come and see us, man. It's a good time. We're going to be out there to hang out with you guys. Booth's going to be fun. A lot of good stuff going on. They got gator shows, snakes, all that good shit. If you're an outdoorsman, you'll love it. I went out there, and I want to say we made profit, but I spent so much money on other cool shit because it's just such a good place to be. So y'all come by and check it out. Thank y'all. Appreciate it, everybody.